0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. You don't have to break the bank to buy quality. The Renault Selection Used Car Event is on from the 1st until the 5th of October with special APR offers, 2 years warranty and 2 years roadside assistance on all quality used cars. T's and C's apply.
1: You're very welcome to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Yes, I'm back after the last fishing expedition of the season. Thanks to Joan Larkin, who was in the hot seat here for the last couple of days. Much appreciated, Joan. Anyway, let's get to business this Wednesday afternoon. I've just looked at my agenda. It's an all women show today on Late Lunch. Happens from time to time. A little bit later on, Mary Byrne will be joining us. Remember her from The X Factor. Ema Conlin's here with our latest Roomtown book. And we'll be talking about the menopause with Ashling Grimley and Catherine O'Keefe. But first up today, she led Loud Ladies to the Junior All-Ireland title recently. She's a scoring machine, notching up 1-8 against verman in the final after rattling in 2-6 against Antrim in the semi-final. Selected as Ladies Gaelic Football Association Player of the Year in 2018. She's also a really talented soccer player and will shortly take on an entirely new sporting challenge, on the other side of the world. Kate Flood, you're welcome to Late Lunch.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Belated congratulations on the county front. I had an idea you mightn't be with me the following day. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was
2: a bit under the weather.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Understandably. But we had the cup, you know that yourself, and the the girls were here and we had a good old crack about it. Was it sweet in the context, I know I've said this before, the loss the year before?
2: Yeah, no, it was just... Because we were there last year, and obviously we got bet well by uh, by Limerick. So this year we were like, if we get to Crow Park, we're not leaving without that cup. So delighted, we definitely did do it.
1: So the defeat was the one that drove us on, and of course yeah. I must mention Meath McKeown again. His passing the previous year was yeah. very difficult, wasn't it? Within yeah, the camp? no,
2: it was. It was awful. Like it was in the middle of the year, and I suppose we struggled since we since that. So. We got to the final and that was kind of one of his goals was to be able to walk up the steps and collect a trophy. But I uh, definitely think we done him proud this year.
1: You certainly did. What's it like that moment in Crow Park when you're there with the cup sitting in front of you and you lift it? How do you yeah, describe that?
2: It's I don't think you can. It's amazing. Like It really is. I thought after I'd been nervous or ever because of the speech and all that. But just the adrenaline's running through you and you're just so proud of all the work that you've done all year and all the girls, all the work that they've put in, it's an amazing feeling.
1: You've a lovely mix, haven't you, in this uh, loud team? You know, there's very young girls and some on the periphery yeah. just coming in and some that have been there before, etc.
2: Yeah, I think there's about 16 different clubs, girls' wraps and 16 different clubs, so it's big. Uh, yeah, we've a lot of the younger girls coming through and they're amazing talent and they're pushing, say, the older girls on. So, yeah, it's very mixed, but I think that's what you need. You need the young and the the more experienced girls there to to bring the whole thing through and bring it all together.
1: Now, next year they step up and you realise that is a big step, you know, Mm -hmm. in any grade of football to move to intermediate as well. What what do you feel about it? You won't be there, will you? No, you won't.
2: No. Um, Um, No, they'll do well. They're hard working bunch of girls and they know themselves that's what you're talking about like they're already talking how training's going to have to step up how the commitment's going to have to step up so I think they're all looking forward and they're all really pushing for it like that's you want to be at the highest level that you can so intermediate championship it will be tough but I think they're definitely going to do well and probably the goal will be to get out of Division 4 league and then once to do that, I think they'll give they'll de- definitely give it a good go.
1: How are they going to replace Kate Flood's goals and points? I'm just looking at your record. I said it, you're a machine there for scores.
2: Oh yeah, no, they will. They'll be well able to replace me. <laughs> uh, no, it's just I suppose the rest of the team work so hard, and I suppose that it, that's my job. At the end of the day, I'm a full forward, so I have to know where the net is, or I would, I wouldn't be there. But uh, everyone else in the team, they all just work so hard for each other. Like, our backs all year, they don't get enough credit on our keeper. Like, they've been amazing from even last year and this year. It's been absolutely amazing. So, it's just the hard work that's paying off, finally.
1: Club-wise, it's paying off for you as well, young woman. St. Patrick's County Champions.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it was brilliant. We were in two finals last year. Unfortunately, we didn't win in either one of them. So, this year, we've worked hard since uh, November, December and uh, it's definitely paying off. We've a lot of young girls come to our under 16. Girls have stepped up to the mark and they are pushing us on as well. So it's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant club to be in with. And uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll get another final out of it before I leave.
1: Yeah, the league business has to be sorted before you go. And of course, the Leinster Championship. You start off, is it this weekend that you're in Leinster? This Saturday, yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we're away to... Team and Kilkenny, so it's going to be it's going to be tough. We we don't know anything about them, so we're just preparing ourselves as best we can this week and uh, go down to the game and just hopefully give it everything and maybe we get a win and progress on in it.
1: So you go to Australia. This is the big news. This is why you're with me today. It has been announced some time ago, but it's looming yeah. ever closer. We're in the month of October, and that's when you're away. Fremantle, the Perth club, you've signed for. How, what duration is the contract?
2: Well, the contract's a year, but our season's five months. So pre-season is uh, November, December, and it's January, February, March, and then the grand final is in April sometime, and then that's it.
1: You're going to enjoy yourself then in Australia yeah, after that. Is that yeah. the idea?
2: Relax for a while, Tell yeah. us
1: how this came about.
2: Um, When I won the All-Ireland Junior Player the year last year, um, cross-coders just messaged me on Instagram saying, ah. Oh, well done, it's a massive achievement for you, um, you should be very proud, and if you're ever interested in playing AFL, let us know, and they sent me like an application form, but I didn't think anything of it at all, so I just filled out the application form, and sent it back to them, and then they were looking for videos, and more information on me, and they would do up like a portfolio for you, and send it to all the different clubs in Australia, and then I got interviews out of it, and then, Got a contract.
1: And the interviews happened long distance or the people come yeah, here? No, no, long distance.
2: Skype interviews. Okay, yeah, with
1: yeah. them. And uh, Fremantle were the club that honed in on you and signed you. So here's the thing. You, you hadn't to go out there. You've never been no, there.
2: No, never been So you've been
1: out blind really in a way yeah. to something. Yeah. You do know a lot about it. I know that anyway. Yeah. But it's first time to Australia. Yeah, yeah. Know anybody out there?
2: Uh, yeah, my cousin's there at the minute. She's in uh, Darwin. So, And then I'm going out with a girl, Anya Tig, from Leitrim. So the two of us are signed for the same club, which it will be a help because like, go- the both of us are going out to the unknown. But um, yeah, really looking forward to it.
1: Fremantle, do you know much about them or what's their reputation out there? Are they contenders?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. They got into um, the semi-final of it last year, so they're hopefully pushing on now to see if they can get a win this year. And uh, they seem to be a very good club. Um, the vibes that I got from them seem very professional. I met the manager already. He was home here in Ireland. He actually came to Lortip and was at one of my Gaelic games and that. So uh, it seems really nice and they really want to look after us when we go over because they know that it's going to be a big step but uh, yeah, I know. Really looking forward to it. it. All seems to be going very well so far.
1: Is this the farthest you've travelled in your lifetime?
2: Yeah, I was in America for mm. a summer playing Gaelic. Yeah. So other than that, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a good old spin to <laughs> yeah. Australia
1: for sure. Will you miss? Will you miss the girls with loud the club? You you know, no doubt about that. Your yeah. family and friends. It's a yeah. big change for you.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I will miss it. Like I've amazing bunch of girl, like friends and that, and. Uh, I definitely miss playing football with them. I suppose it's what I've always been doing. But I know that they are very proud of me and me going over there and I sp- suppose with social media and all that the whole time. I'm going to be able to keep in contact, no bother. So they will be missing. Hopefully a few of them might come over and have a revisit, visit, but uh, no pressure on
1: them. <laughs> I'd say that could be in the back of minds for yeah. sure with your with your crew. Here's the thing, it's an oval ball. You, you yeah. haven't played with the oval ball before because we can talk about the soccer and that in a minute and other things. But the oval ball is new to you. And you know the game, it's a, it's a bit different.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, well, next week I'm going over to London. We're playing in the uh, European Championship with the Irish team. So we'll have a week of games then. And then it'll be about maybe two and a half weeks then before I get over. So I have one of the balls, but it's just, you can't go out and kick it off the wall because it's going to go everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a bit hard to get training with, but um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a challenge, but...
1: I disagree with you there, Kate Flood. I think if you kicked an oval ball anywhere, it'd go into the net or over the bar. How about that? I really do with we what hope, you we have. We hope so. I'm sure they're getting a real good one. I'm telling you, if you hear this podcast in Fremantle, you're getting a real good girl from the wee county in Ireland. She's going to do the business for you, I promise. Go back. Let's go back with you. You know, when you when you, when you were growing up and you started small, where where did this all begin? What do you remember? How did it begin, football for you?
2: Uh. I don't know. I i don't know. I think there's only me and my brother and we grew up in a pub. So it was always football happening in the pub and our sports field was across the road. My brother was mad into football. So I think I just kind of got it from him. I used to follow him a bit. I wasn't into, I never had a doll. I always had a football. So <laughs> Had your name on the football? No, I had that many of them. I don't think I could. Na- <laughs> I could name them.
1: You, you had even more than a, a collection of dollies yeah. with all your footballs. Yeah, isn't just that mad
2: Into football, and then Blorgan was the local soccer club, which was a great club. And then I'd uh, the Pats and my primary school were there were it's just such a country school, so it was football was kind of something that we were brought up in. Mm. And then I suppose the Gaelic started off with a uh, Satanta, It's only a wee local club and it was across the road for me. It's in the sports field so I used to just cross the road and go down and play around. With and with the girls
1: teams then or did you mix it with the boys? No, we
2: were all mixed up until I think it was maybe under 14s and the same with the soccer then I played up until under 13s and then I had to go play with uh, Dundalk.
1: And so, were you always a, a, a dead eye dick for the goals? Was forward your position even growing up and playing?
2: Uh, with soccer I'm actually centre half. Oh, so you're right at the back, the yeah, opposite end. Yeah.
1: I'd say yeah. you'd be dangerous on a corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: And then Gaelic, yeah, no, Gaelic, I think I was always I was always forward, so I always knew where the nets were. Isn't that
1: interesting? Yeah. yeah. And the contrast in the two. So soccer and Gaelic side by side, you know, you mentioned Belorgan there, the Gaelic as well, mm. you played away. Now, you played at the highest level in soccer in the Republic of Ireland and the North of Ireland with yeah. Newry City and here with Rohini, Yeah. Yeah. And you were successful there, both of those clubs winning cups and leagues.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I got the privilege to play in the qualifiers for the Champions League with, with both teams, both Rohini Wonderful. and Nury. And so I've been blessed with with both Gaelic and soccer being able to play at the highest level that you can here in Ireland and playing, I suppose, all the biggest stadiums mm. that you can play in here in Ireland. So it's been a great it's terrific.
1: It's a wonderful story. Did you find it difficult to combine both? You know, when when you know your demands of soccer, the demands of the Gaelic as well, the county side, all combining.
2: Yeah, I suppose underage before, like before I started driving, my mum and dad drove me up and down to Dublin for training and into Dundalk for games, and we were all over the country. But then when I started driving, yeah, and working, it did it took its toll. So I had to kind of quit the soccer two years ago when Neri folded i signed for a club in belfast and i was traveling up an hour just to train in a wee small hall for an hour and back down and then you might have county training the next night and then you'd have club and then you'd have a game midweek with soccer and it just got far too much and i was getting nothing out of it you're just you're doing that off your own bat like there's no such thing as travel expenses right so i just said i'll pack the soccer in and just stick to the gaelic mm-hmm.
1: When you mention that and it, it is an issue it's been an issue with the Irish soccer ladies you've heard this you remember the dispute yeah. that happened and they said listen we ain't playing unless we're going to be looked after yeah. here is that still an issue with with women in sport that it's you know it's yeah. regarded as second class
2: yeah yeah well even now with any sport you still you don't get anything for it for you you play because you love it and you enjoy it and will it change I don't know but hopefully it will, like even a, even travel expenses, get a few cents for your miles. We don't get anything with louder anything. But um, the girls, they don't complain. It's something that we love to do. We enjoy the company. It's a social aspect, especially when you're winning. You just do it for the love of it and... Mm. that's mm.
1: what it is. And, and you know, in, in a way, Kate, when, when you see the, the performances at Croke Park, at Loud winning and, and, of course, me yeah. going close in the intermediate and the wonderful final in, in the senior as well, you see, you know, what, what's put in by, yeah. by all the girls involved in the teams. And then on the soccer front, we had the the World Cup, which I think opened up a lot of people's yeah. eyes to the yeah. potential for yeah. women. There seems to be a bit of progress on the soccer side, but maybe at the higher level.
2: Yeah, well compared to previous years even with Loud, like you have seen the hype that's been about, especially this year this year and all the support that we got, it's been it's been amazing really, and I think it's each year it's gonna get better and better. But um it's still like to think like our under sixteens girls won the All Ireland, we won the All Ireland, we won a Leinster, that there would be that wee bit more recognition about but um hopefully in the years to come that it, there definitely will be.
1: I take it they're going to look after you in Australia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are. I know that, of yeah. course. Of course they are. But here's the thing. I was listening to Mark on sport there a few moments ago. I meant to mention it to you. And he was just saying that with the Dublin, two of the Dublin girls have signed out now, today it's been announced, yeah. there'll be 18 women from Ireland in the AFL next season. Yeah. feel be right. like a home from home and away yeah. when you come across them.
2: Yeah, no, it's amazing. Like It's amazing to think that for for Ireland, such a small place that we get so a great recognition for especially women in sport that it's there the, the ability is there and we're good enough to be thrown across the water to to play uh, AFL and that they think that we'd be able to transition that good so yeah I know it's it's brilliant to see
1: anything you've put your mind to you've succeeded that right yeah. and you've been successful
2: yeah this
1: is a wonderful opportunity yeah so yeah you're really going to apply yourself to this
2: oh yeah it could open any number of doors for me so i am i'm really looking forward to it especially because it is so professional Um, it's gonna i suppose when i come back i'll try and add a few bits in here <laughs> but uh yeah no it's it's going to be an experience and a half i can't wait for it
1: I, I i mean this in the best possible sense you will be living the dream you're becoming yeah. a full-time sportswoman
2: yeah yeah. and
1: you know you must pinch yourself and think yeah, no, wow
2: it's it's madness when you really think of it <laughs> Uh just coming from I suppose smallest county in Ireland to be gone over to a big massive to a massive professional contract and it's something that dreams are definitely made of
1: oh yeah but you have to dream Kate in this life that's what it's all about dreams that is what sustains us and you are going to be going there as a role model as well because you know everybody sees you yeah like, you know I mean here's Kate Flood you're blazing a trail potentially you mentioned the under-16s I don't mean to be robbing players on Loud for Australia right? or anything they'll be giving out yards to me don't be mentioning that we're losing our star you know what I'm saying though seriously yeah
2: yeah. no like there's a lot we've in Loud there's there's a lot of talent like you've the young girls coming through for them to win in All-Ireland at such a young age they'll be transferring into our senior team and it's just going to make it stronger and stronger and even with the club levels the way they are, they're growing year in, year out and the younger girls are sticking to football. It's I suppose the previous years it's that minor age is where you start to lose players. But I think because that winning streak is there and loud now, that they'll hopefully stay on and they'll just keep progressing and go progress and then I suppose us into the intermediate then and hopefully get out of the league next year, that it'll just keep building and building and getting stronger and stronger.
1: I take it your plan is you have the, the, the contract for the year and then beyond that, it's to see how this year goes and hopefully yeah. Fremantle will go all the way this year. Yeah. Surely we'll be coming home then, <laughs> uh, for sure. But uh, I, 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 I take it it's in your mind that you'd you'd love to stay beyond the, the year. That would be the the aim of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll hopefully do well this year. I suppose it's going over and trying to pick up the game as fast as I can and get up to there standard and have a good year and then hopefully if I do well I might get a second contract out of it and then hopefully being able to stay on and see what happens
1: What do you think you'll miss most about home and loud and Ireland and being here? What do you think will be the hardest time or the hardest thing we you think about, oh I could be there today or doing this or doing that or the other?
2: Uh, I suppose it's just been playing football with the girls, something that I've always done and it's I've been playing with a few of the girls since, oh God, since 2010, since I started with the Loud senior team, and uh, especially the club girls then as well. I've been playing with them since I'm underage, so I suppose it'd probably be the Gaelic aspect and having the girls and seeing them all celebrating when they win hopefully a couple of cups next year and that. But uh, I know they're all very proud and they'd be pushing me on to hopefully win a few cups over there and come back. We'll all celebrate together. But, uh, yeah, no, I'd say it's probably playing football with the yeah. girls.
1: Leave them with that thought today, Kate. She'll be back and celebrate and great success in Australia as well. Listen, thanks for dropping in to me. I really do appreciate it this afternoon. I just wanted to, on behalf of everybody who's followed you and that you've uh, entertained and have enjoyed your performances for Louth, both on the field, they've been there to see you, listened on radio and heard you, very best of luck to you in Australia. Go out there and suck it to them, young woman. Kate Ludd, thank you very much. Thank you. You've just about it now. What am I talking about? The Marie Keating Foundation mobile unit is currently at Ballsgrove Pharmacy in Drogheda and it's there till 3 o'clock uh, this afternoon at 3 p.m. And if you'd like to drop into them, they'd love to see you. The service is free. So if there's anybody out there who needs assistance, if you're a cancer patient or you're a carer or you family involved, it's at Ballsgrove Pharmacy until 3 o'clock this afternoon. And again, I'd, I want to say they'd love to see you. Everybody welcome there. Now, competition time on late lunch. At Boy Credit Union have been serving the community in At Boy for the last 50 years. And to celebrate, we have a 50 euro voucher to give away today from Birds Centre in At Boy. 50 euros at Birds Centre in At Boy. Does that rock your clock? Would you like to win that voucher? Here's the question for you today. The first credit union opened in Ireland in 1958. It was Denor in Dublin. Denor Credit Union in Dublin 8. The second credit union opened a year later, in 1959, and it was in a Monaghan town. I'm talking about a town in Monaghan where the second credit union opened. What was the name of that town in Monaghan where it opened? If you could get your answers to me, please. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text with your name and details. We'll pop your name in the hat and we'll draw a winner before the end of the show. Ah, Louise, wouldn't your faith in humanity and the people of Ireland and the people of the Northeast and beyond be renewed when you see the response to the appeal for little Baxter Brown.
3: Absolutely, isn't it? Just amazing, Jerry? Oh
1: my, oh my. And we've
3: even had somebody, uh, Jenny from Drogheda has just literally whatsapped us in saying, Hi Jerry. aren't the people of Drogheda and beyond just super? The donations made to the GoFundMe page for Baxter Brown has doubled in a day. It's great for the Brown family. They're such a lovely uh, family and support each other with such love and affection. And that's Jenny.
1: It's simply, simply wonderful. And if people want to donate, it's the uh, GoFundMe page. And the name of the page, Louise, is? It's
3: Baxter Brown. And the amount so far raised is €111,485. And I suppose, Jerry, for anyone who, who just doesn't know the story, um, uh, Baxter Brown is six-and-a-half-year-old little boy who lost his mum, tragically, Lynn. Um, in at an the start of, at, April. At start of April at the start of April and he's just been diagnosed with um, a severe an immunodeficiency illness mm. and he has to he needs chemotherapy and a bone marrow transplant in England so that poor little boy has been so much already mm.
1: and he's going there with his dad 100,000 When you think of it in the the blink of an eye, you are wonderful. You are all wonderful and well done to everybody. And we wish little Baxter and his dad and family all the very, very best. And if we can do anything for you here on LMFM Radio. Give us a shout. For the next while on Late Lunch, we're going to talk about the M-Word. What do I mean here? Older, wiser, but not without its challenges for women, the menopause, of course. Ashlyn Grimley, founder of My Second Spring, and Catherine O'Keefe, the wellness warrior and perimenopause coach, are with us today on Late Lunch. And I was going to tell you it was ahead of the M-Word event that happens this Friday, and you all can go... They can't go, Ashley.
4: I'm afraid not. It's We're, sold out. It's sold out. We're obviously delighted that it's sold out, um, but we promise we'll put it back on.
1: And the girls are here today, you see, to give you all this for free. You don't have to go to the event, but there will be another one. Yes, there will be another one coming down the road. Listen to this. I'll throw this at both of you to begin with. I spoke with Barbara Scully, the writer recently, about her diabetes diagnosis. And actually, she'll be joining me again next week. And she described the menopause as the cat that keeps on bringing rats.
4: <laughs> Very good. I, Does that I, sum it up? Yes, it can sum it up. It's not. It's not. It's not the same for everybody. But there are, you know, at least thirty-four possible symptoms. So yeah, you could. You can just get hit left, right, and centre.
5: Yeah, I, I mean there is there's a there's a long list of symptoms. I, I certainly, I guess, from my perspective, I prefer a more positive <laughs> description. Um, because the other side of it is, whilst it can be challenging, um, it can also be very empowering. Because you do get this, you know, need within you that you want to really do things in life that you're passionate about. And I think once you can manage the the symptoms and you know have your lifestyle um, habits in place it can actually be very positive so I guess that's would be more my um, groundwork on it I
1: hear what you're yeah. saying I hear uh, the perimenopause will you explain to listeners what you're talking about there and why you feel Catherine it's a key time
5: um, Well, really it's all about perimenopause menopause itself is actually only one day it's the anniversary of 12 months without a period so everything before that all of the symptoms that you hear about about the hot flushes, the night sweats, um, everything. That all happens in perimenopause. So really, for me, it is all about perimenopause and that can be anything from 4 to 10 years. Um, you know, and it can be very gradual for most women it is extremely gradual and that's why they don't they don't realize that actually, you know, I'm I'm feeling a little bit more anxious now than I was maybe 6 months ago, 2 years later I'm more anxious. It's all very gradual. So sometimes they don't join the dots and actually realize that a lot of the symptoms are part of the perimenopause and Look, it's inevitable for all of us, for women. It's going to happen. Um, so it's really, really important that you are ready in perimenopause. And for me, it's a bit like laying the foundations of a house. If you have your ducks in order, like in your early 40s, then it makes the journey a lot easier um, when it comes to the symptoms. Well, we're
1: going to put those ducks in order in a few moments. <laughs> Let me come to Ashling for a second. Uh, we first met back in February 2014. Would you <laughs> believe it, young woman? And... Uh, since then you know there's been what five and a half years how yeah. I've gone under the bridge and my second spring has gone from strength to strength is the t- taboo about this still prevalent
4: so just going back so I set the website up it's going to be six years um, next week um, and the reason was that nobody was talking about the menopause, so I, I was a bit of a weirdo out on my own, uh, mentioning the word menopause out <laughs> loud in company all. and uh, scaring people off like as if I was carrying a contagious disease. Um, but maybe it's just the the circles I travel in. But uh, definitely, you no. Know, there definitely is a big change Great, Um, particularly in the past year or two there are far more um, celebrities talking about it there are companies talking about it Um, women are talking about it amongst themselves Um, and then now they're beginning to be we're starting to do talks in workplaces which is really brilliant so we're meeting women where they are um so no it has dramatically changed and that is signs on really with our the conference that we're doing now next week we've have uh, brands like the brilliant linwoods um flaxseed whole foods up near you here in armagh um they're on board and also we have uh, so so people are noticing that that women are are you know consumers are very yes.
1: important and and what you mentioned there is a product that's in a system we're going to get onto that come back to what you mentioned there Catherine a few mo- moments ago that putting in the foundations the groundwork in your early mm-hmm. 40s mm. what are the, the the cornerstones of those foundations
5: I mean it's it's really the lifestyle um choices that you make in the habits and I mean for me you know exercise is 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 a non-negotiable it has to be part of your daily habits you know and whether for me it's very much you know it there's no point doing something you don't like you have to pick something that works for you so for some people it might be you know going for a walk for 10-15 minutes at lunchtime um, for me I love running so I do a lot of running for other people it can be yoga it can be swimming but whatever it is you need to get the exercise in there because for one it you know will help with the weight gain that can come in your mid 40s um, and also for just for your mental health is so important because anxiety can can really increase um, when you're in perimenopause. Um, so I would find that, you know, having a good exercise regime is, is number one. So
1: that's the number one thing. And we mm. hear this message a lot in life as regards many conditions for people. But you say this is the number one you must attend to. So that's exercise. Yeah. Food.
5: Food. 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 Food and what? more food. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> um, it's like you know, flax seeds, like Ashling just mentioned with linwoods. I mean, flax seeds—they're phytoestrogen, so they mimic estrogen in the body. Um, they're essential. Two tablespoons a day, I say to everyone. They should just be taken. You know, that's just a basic. Um, it's really—it's the good, healthy food. It's you know, having your fruit and vegetables that your system is is regular. Um, you know, that, and that you know that you're you're you know what you're eating. You know, there's so much processed food at the moment and we're all time deprived so that is a challenge but you know ideally the fresher the food the better Um, you know and and that certainly food is very very important
1: supplements and I will call you the magnesium woman (laughs) in the best possible (laughs) taste I say that but I've been reading your blogs and checking you you out (laughs) and magnesium hits me left right and centre
5: yeah I I spent a good number of months researching magnesium so I think I've got a bit of a name (laughs) around that could be worse Um, yeah um, I think the thing with magnesium is a lot of the symptoms are actually very uh, similar to the symptoms that you come across in menopause so um, for me it's very much it's it's important that you rule out a magnesium deficiency before you actually decide to self prescribe self-prescribe or kind of say look i'm suffering from this way when in actual fact it might be simply you need more magnesium in your diet or you need to supplement it um and it is probably most definitely we don't get the same amount of magnesium that our parents would have gotten you know we don't have as much in the soil anymore um you know so that all kind of compounds in terms of how much we're getting into our daily diets
1: are there any more supplements you could take that would help? Or are you sticking with that one? Well
5: no, magnesium would be one. Um I, I guess it's very individual. It it you know, it depends what's going on for each woman. But certainly B vitamins are very important in your diet. Um omega-3 for your brain health is essential. Um then there's Camu Camu, which is very good for energy, which is a real can be a real issue in um perimenopause. They would kind of be the main the main ones
4: to It's look an important at. time, I think, um, to do a bit of an MOT for all of us. Like midlife, you've got to do a bit of an audit, kind of think, how am I living? You know, what are my stress levels like? You know, what's my diet like? What's my exercise? Am I being, you know, do I have passion and purpose in my life? And also, I think from a medical point of view, it's a good time to have your bloods done. Just to check. And again, you know, just to see if there are deficiencies like how are your B's, how's your iron, cholesterol. So and also, I think it's important time if if you're not if you don't have a GP that you're very comfortable with, it's a time to to find one as you go forward to have a GP who you feel is on the same wavelength, Mm. which has taken me a while, but I've just found a really brilliant GP
1: we but were talking about this I laugh here last week on the show with Dr. Cannon he was named uh, People's Choice GP of the Year in Ireland and he's, he's uh, practising not far from where you sit right. here but there we is. talked about that the relationship between yeah, yeah. patient and very, doctor very important and Just even more important here and there,
4: are very, there aren't very many um, GPs it's very important if you find somebody who knows about the menopause you're doing very well because that is a big area and on the website I've got people who say to me that sometimes they print out the comments from the website to bring it to their GP and say this is is real. Yeah. Look at look. These are these are other women who are suffering from these symptoms because some GPs can be quite dismissive and possibly just through lack of knowledge most mm. of the time.
1: You, you do particular work. Where, uh, Catherine mentioned the weight gain there a moment ago. Yes,
4: yes. I've been I, I've taken on a challenge. So um, seven weeks ago um I realised that I'd been gradually putting on a few pounds, as we all do. And people were saying to me, no, no, you're grand, you're lovely, you're fine. And they'll I never realized, tell you, they'll yeah. never tell you. Anyway, I did have one very honest friend and she looked at me and she said, yeah, actually, you've probably put on half a stone since um, that trip we went on um, a few months ago. So I stepped onto the weighing scales, jumped back off in horror and then decided, OK, I'm going to try and take this, take this thing on. Um, so I'd been hearing a lot about um, intermittent fasting. And it's all making a lot of sense to me. So anyway, the good news is that I've um, I said, OK, I've got seven, eight weeks till the event, the 11th of October. Um, so I've been doing a, a Wednesday weigh-in on Instagram um, on my second spring. And anyway, I'm glad to report that it, you can shift weight at, at midlife. And I've lost four and a half kilos, which is about ten and a half pounds. Very
1: good. And yeah. how did you do that?
4: Um, so the key things are not eating between meals, leaving a good gap between your dinner and your breakfast, so at least 12 hours, then pushing it out. So like, eight, say if you finish your dinner at 7.30, breakfast 7.30, then delay your breakfast till 8.30. So start at 12 hours, push it out a bit, and then you drop your, your insulin levels, go down, and your body starts... Burning fat because the more we keep feeding the machine, the
1: more the machine keeps using but up. What pudding. do you do in between those 12 hours? You
4: you sleep most
1: of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so dinner at, between dinner time, say at, at yeah. evening time, go yeah. right round to breakfast the next yeah. morning. So yeah. that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Finish with dinner, no late no night snacks. Late night m-
4: snacking, that's the killer, <laughs> I think, for a lot of people. <sighs> um, you're and looking then, at them, you're looking at them. And then low carbs, I've gone low carb, mm. lots of really good vegetables, fish, nuts. Um, there's loads of delicious stuff. Oh, uh, chocolate is non-negotiable. So, <laughs> 85% chocolate, <laughs> a couple of squares a day. Um, so, I been, I've been. Yeah. Use, I've used an app. Like, I've gone for it for this event. Yes. So, and I wanted to prove it. I wanted to show the second springers that it could be done, or maybe it couldn't be done. But the waist measurement was my big thing. It, you're supposed to be under 35 inches, and mine had gone up to 37, and that means you're carrying a lot of visceral fat. Yeah. And you're carrying fat in your kidneys, your liver, your heart. Okay. Your pan- It's not good for you. So So it's for health reasons as well as vanity, but mainly health reasons.
1: They do walk the walk as well as talk (laughs) the talk, our Ashling and Catherine. Stay with us on late lunch. If you have a question, you're quite welcome to put it to them in confidence. 086 1800 658. Back in a moment. Ashley Grimley and Catherine O'Keefe are with me on Late Lunch today and we're talking about the menopause. We've gone through uh, the exercise, uh, the eating, the supplements. Two of the points you wanted to make. Of course, when you exercise, you need to do a little rest. How, poor, how important is sleep?
5: Sleep is again is crucial. Um, Like anyone who's suffering from night sweats or hot flushes will know the next day that you know they're more tired. If you're more tired you're knock on you're um, a bit more anxious. It just becomes a vicious circle. So it's really really important that you get into a good sleep routine and that's kind of you know going to bed at a reasonable time you know making sure you're getting the number of hours of sleep that you need you know which can be eight for some people it can be nine for others. It just depends. Um and you know I think part of that is just kind of, you know, having very good digital sleep hygiene, like no phone in the room because a lot of I the amount of women I talk to, I wake up during the night, I just check Facebook. It's like you just can't, you just really
4: can't, yes. you know. You've got to leave your phone downstairs. Mm. And I think it's good to have to have you got to tune your brain in. <coughs> excuse me, that's, you know, this is an hour before before I go to bed. I leave the phone off, then go upstairs, you read a book, you have a bath. You know, you've got to do things that are winding down. It takes our brains a good bit of time to, to wind down. The other thing that's important for sleep is to get, um, moon, like, light in the morning, sunlight, daylight. Like, if you're taking exercise, try and go for a walk in the morning time. And that helps your body clock to regulate itself and it helps you to sleep at night. The other thing is that's great for sleep is um, a silk pillowcase. Um, that's my new business, Jerry, since I saw you last. <laughs> Keep lucky, you cool at night. Lucky for um, some. But um, sleep, sleep is, is... Do they do uh, them in Little and
1: Aldi? Can we yeah, get them there? <laughs> we'll be on the, might be in the brochure on this weekend. <laughs>
4: um, and the other thing is, if you do wake up at night, to have a, a ritual to get you back to sleep. So for me, I count, um, I breathe in for seven, hold for four and then breathe out for eight. And if you do that a few times, you'll be back to sleep very quickly. And maybe have some lavender essential oil on your bedside table and just rub a little bit onto your wrists and onto your temples. And again, again, like you're sending all these triggers to your brain that mm. it's okay. Mm. We're going back to sleep because mm. you know the way you start panicking yourself, and the worst thing is the middle of the night and you start yeah. catastrophizing and yeah. are, all I the th- worst th- things you've ever said I think and done. The in your life are
1: a disaster. You know you're writing yeah. what you yeah. say yeah. there, reaching yeah. for them. Yeah. There are four ways. Is this from your website, Catherine? Four ways, or is it is it my second spring? Four ways Probably to change the yeah. Irish approach, both yeah. as a combination here. Yeah. Could yeah. we just go through those quickly? The healthcare system, number one.
5: Yeah yeah i mean i i would like the healthcare system in ireland um in- Needs to be addressed or altered when it comes to menopause. Um, last week, the Department of Health uh, launched the Women's Task Force, which is great. And Ashling and I had met with them um, a few weeks back, and I think that's going to be very, hopefully, very exciting for menopause in terms of making sure that it's included. Um, you know, I, part of that would be that you know we would hope that it would extend into more education for GPs, for you know nurses, for anyone who's working with women, um, kind of in either early menopause or natural menopause.
1: Okay, but it's on the agenda. Yes. yes. Which yes. is very, very yes. important. Yeah. Yeah. Early menopause support. That's the perimenopause. Yeah. That time but, um, it, well, oh. early
5: early menopause is different. So that's basically you, some teenage girls as young as 15 can go into early menopause. OK. It's just basically. I know. It's I'm with a, you now, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's yeah. very, we've I'm no. induced
4: by cancer. It would cancer be another, treatment can yeah. throw people into women into very early okay.
1: menopause as
5: well. Okay. Little to no support in this country yeah. for both types. Anyone, any young girl with um, early Early menopause has to go to the UK for treatment. It's a very tough road mm. and we definitely need more support That happening
1: there. here in our country no travel mm. involved. Now menopause in the workplace I'm familiar with because the BBC did a fantastic week on this. Yeah, Were you watching yeah, recently? Yeah, 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 yeah that
5: was um, um, our colleague Diane uh, Danzebrink um, it was part of that and she's, she's actually the person who got uh, menopause onto the secondary school curriculum in the UK so um, they definitely I mean they're they're they are ahead of us uh we just want to kind of start moving things up so
4: we we follow speed with and that's going to be launched in Ireland in, in October yeah in October. Yes, because
1: it's an aspect we don't consider you know I- it, it, it wouldn't even be on the radar, I'd say, no. for a lot of people when yeah. somebody is just not 100% going through a difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. This wouldn't...
5: Be- I mean, my my background before I kind of started working as a perimenopause coach, I was in investment banking. So that's a very different environment. And I know, and I, I know from women that I've worked with at the time, very challenging and particularly if you're in meetings and all of a sudden you can't remember a fact or you know um, there's a detail left out of an email or out of a prospectus and then all of a sudden your confidence goes down and you know it's very, it can be very very tough so there definitely needs to be more support in the workplace. And
1: the last one is secondary school education which we touched on they're ahead of us Mm -hmm. in the UK again that we need that here. Marie has been on from Dundalk to say that her metabolism has slowed down and she's still doing lots of exercise but she just can't shift the weight
4: now I think that's very interesting because I've been doing a lot of research on the weight thing and your metabolism does slow down and I don't think it's as much to do with exercise I think we need exercise for brain health for strength but I think it's all about what we're consuming and we can't we can't we've got to take in less calories and for me and all the stuff I've been looking into it's a big time um, about the carbs um, cutting back on bread and rice and pasta and potatoes So is that what you'd advise Maria now to look at that Yeah I would look at that just look at her carbs and just increase um, like you need you need protein like chicken fish nuts for for um, for your strength and repairs Mm. and also you need fats in your diet there's been a whole lot of thing against fats but I think you need fats to keep your metabolism going so we need um, that could be butter um, whole, full fat cheese, yogurt, like smaller portions, but you do need your fats. And I, I would say that would make a big difference. And also cutting out between meals.
1: OK, here's another one. Mina's been on to say thank you. Uh, I have been through the menopause since the age of 38 after breast cancer. Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah. Uh, and there just doesn't seem to be any support mm. or help. In County Mead. I would love some help. It's a horrible time. What do you say? Jasmine's
4: giving a talk in. Mm.
5: I'm, I am doing a talk in Ashburn on the 24th of October in the library. Um, so certainly I would say come to that. Um, I definitely, you know, the support in the country isn't there for early and cancer induced menopause. A very good friend of mine um, has just come out the other side of um, treatment and I've seen it firsthand. It's very, very tough. Um, and. Really, you know, you do need to try and make sure that you have a GP who's very supportive, and you know, I would say do loop into my second spring and wellness warrior because we do try and keep as much information going as we can in terms of trying to help people at all different um, stages or or par- parts of menopause.
1: There you are, I mean, in my second spring or.
5: Wellness Warrior. Wellness
1: Warrior, you get the information. But Ashbourne Library, Catherine will be there on the 24th of October. No yeah. time for it yet, but Not that'll yet, be confirmed yeah. near near the time. Just, just one thing, you know when a woman is going through this, you've experienced it, what the hell do I know? Here I am talking to both of you today, <laughs> trying to do my best, as they say. But you know when you are a partner or a husband or a family or friends or work colleagues of somebody going through this, are you aware as well as a woman that... You know, maybe you snap at somebody, or you mention the forgetting of the stat. There, are you aware of the impact around you? You know, and or do you feel helpless in trying to?
5: Um, I, I, I think, I think menopause to me is like reverse puberty. So if you think, if you're living with a teenager, um, I have one at the moment, it can be pretty tough in times and you know, um, they don't always talk to you as nicely as they should, they're a bit more irritable and so forth. I think menopause is the exact opposite um in terms of, you know, the hormones are going down instead of coming up, but your symptoms are very similar in terms of the irritability is there, you know, and um, maybe your tempers get flayed frayed a little bit quicker. Um and I think you kinda have to have the understanding that, you know, for a woman who isn't menopause that it is like the reverse of puberty, and understand that the moods won't always be stable. Um, that irritability is there, and it's really important to talk. To mm-hmm. you know, just look for support and ask for help from your family, from your friends, and like I'm. I'm constantly amazed the amount of women that talk to me and they say, oh, I don't want to talk to my best friend about it. Even their best friends. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to... There's a lot
4: of um, holding in as if it's a shameful thing, mm -hmm. as if, you know, it's a weakness to show any any signs of symptoms. But um, it's actually really important. And not that we want to go around talking about it all the time either. But it's just like, and for me, my motivation in starting uh, the website, one of them was that I have four daughters and I didn't want it to be the same taboo that it was when I grew up. It's like this... Mm -hmm deep, dark secret that mustn't be tackled. So I think it's just by acknowledging it, allowing the conversation to happen, and just letting people know that you're having a bit of a tough time. But I, I, I definitely don't... I, th- I know we're all aware that you, nobody wants to be bored yeah. by you and your mm-hmm. symptoms either. Yeah. So It's a light, good to talk, light approach. Yeah. Good to talk yeah. both
1: ways. Yeah. Anyway, it's been great to talk to both of you today. <laughs> and let me say that you are contributing and have contributed immensely to and the so change. so you, Jerry. Yes, oh, Not at yeah. all. You're very yeah. welcome. I'm delighted. delighted to have you both with me again today. And just reminding you, my second spring, check it out. And you can find Catherine on the Wellness Warrior. And she is in Ashbourne Library on the 24th of October. And she will talk again for sure. But for the moment, Ashley Grimley and Catherine O'Keefe, thank you. Tempest Fugit, I say it so often on this show, I can't believe, I was just checking back in my notes this morning and it's seven years since my next guest joined me on the publication of our first children's book in the Vroomtown series. She's been back subsequently and returns today as book number five is launched. It's called The Adventure of Santa Claus and the Magic Truck. Dust, and as one of the biggest children in the world, and a real fan of Vroomtown, I am so delighted to say hello again to Emer Conlon.
6: Oh, Jerry, hi! It's great to be back. <laughs> it's that amount of time. I can't when believe you it. Think
1: of it, isn't it? It's oh, just gosh. flown by. To be honest with you, well, congratulations on another winner from the Vroomtown stable. Oh,
6: thanks, Jerry. Yes, book five. Who knew? It's yeah. I thought this time that I would actually do a Christmas book. Which is a bit of a departure from from our other ones. But um, I feel that it's been three years since I've had, uh, since I've released a book. And I thought that by including a Christmas element, it would just open the market up to even more uh, little fun sizers to read it. Because Santa Claus has very kindly come on board for this particular book.
1: He has. Mm-hmm. And without giving it all away, he's asked Bill Burns Yard and the trucks.
6: For their help, because tell them because the sleigh his sleigh has broken down.
1: Oh, so and what disaster from the man from the North Pole?
6: A disaster, and you know when it broke down, Christmas Eve. So you can imagine that Santa is um, in a little bit of a panic. And as you say, he rings Bill Byrne and he asks the trucks for help. So um, Bully does are now in terrible Terry have a little bit of a problem with this because they're not Christmas trucks at all and they cause a bit of trouble. I can't give away the ending.
1: Don't go Mm-mm-mm. any further. Any- Those <laughs> boys are always causing trouble in Vroomtown, but thank God the rest are lovely, lovely trucks. Yes. But you'll have to get the book to find out how it turns out. And you know something? We're heading towards that date now, so fingers crossed, the sleigh will be ready to go again this year. Hope so. I have to say, my granddaughter, Ava, I say hello to her this afternoon, she's four and a half now, and she just Aww. loves your books, because you kindly have over the years, we have them all, right? And really? would you believe it, about a week ago, she took out from town. It was the one where Tang Arnold was coming in on the ferry. He was oh, at New, yes. the big US truck, arriving in the yard, you know?
6: Yes. Oh, Hi, Ava. <laughs> my little fan thank you for thank you for loving Groomtown
1: <laughs> and I'll tell will I tell you her favourite yes. Our favourite Sparkle is Ava's favourite.
6: Oh, she sparkle. loves Sparkle. Yeah, I kind of love her. I have a little soft spot for Sparkle myself now. She's just so clever, so kind, so lovely, yeah.
1: And the characters, they all have their own personalities, may I say. I think of Daisy, strong, feisty, funny. Yes. You know, they all have their own nuances.
6: Yes, they do. And I think it's important not to get into a gender thing, but it's important that little girls and little boys see girls are strong trucks and they have opinions and they're clever and yes, Sparkle is pink and she's got diamonds all over herself but she's actually a very astute Mm. young truck now Mm. to be fair. So there's lots of adventures and actually in the new book um, Sparkle and Daisy uh, come on board as well in what they actually end up doing with Bully Dozer and Terrible Terry and kind of saving the day a little bit. Oh,
1: good on them. Good on them. They're good sorts. Now, you say, uh, and I read this, that you have what another about nine books ready to go and lots of titles. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah,
6: lots of titles. I find actually it's so funny that writing the stories is the shortest thing in the whole process of getting a book from your head to the shelf, basically. Um, And that flows more naturally to me, it's, it's fine. It could take about 10 minutes and then obviously you tweak it a little bit. And the rest of the, the uh, time just goes into promotion and marketing and stuff like that. But yeah, I do. I have quite a number of titles uh, ready to go. So it's just a case of getting this one. And then I might even do
1: another book um, next year. Why not? But did you have that sitting there and then just plucked it and says, yes, we go now?
6: Exactly. Actually, when I was writing seven years ago, still, I can't believe that you've just said that. But seven years ago, I had about four or five stories and this was one of them. The Christmas book was one of them. And I thought at the time, it's very risky for any author to release a specifically Christmassy book. Because on the 25th of December, they're off the shelves. So you have an incredibly short shelf life for them and to sell them and to get them out there. And particularly now that we kind of celebrate Halloween to a little bit of an extent, you really nearly have to wait to the 1st of November in certain places and shops and everything before people are even wanting to think about Christmas. So therefore, the, the shelf life gets even shorter. And at the start of my journey of Roomtown, I thought it was very risky. And now I think, listen, I'm going to go for it. And because, as I say, Santa Claus, and he doesn't even want a fee for appearing on the front cover, he, I think, will open the market to an awful lot of fund who maybe aren't necessarily... Or, Aware of Roomtown because let's face it, there is a whole generation that wasn't even born when I started this. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> that, that brings me nicely to the point. What age do you categorise these books for? Now, look, 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 look across this desk. Don't ruin me out. Do not ruin me out. Zero to
6: fifty-two, Jerry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love you to bits. Come on, and tell no, me the truth. What age? In is
6: general, it? in general, um, when you have to categorise your books, they actually impose a category age group for you so they're technically four to eight but in reality they're two to seven Um, and the two-year-olds just love the picture and they 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 love that type of thing and pointing out the colours and everything whereas the five six seven-year-olds would be tempting to read attempting to read the story and things
1: like that I, I remind me again because it has been a while they are beautifully presented and illustrated and printed who does this
0: work
6: An amazingly talented man called John McCormack. He's actually living in Barcelona now and uh, he's just terrific at the way that he puts the shadowing and shading and the colours and the backgrounds and everything together. He's actually a phenomenon. I have so much respect for him. So he's come on board with this book and it's just made it, pop off the page the story you know it's great it's
1: brilliant because it adds so much to it may I say of course you provide the story and your the, your characters and everything to do with it but when you end up at something like that and being consistently brilliant from the first to the fifth
6: oh you see I love you too <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> yes so we definitely are a team it's great and he is he's a great talent and, and actually I, I contacted him I think it was January was the first tentative email to say Hey, John, um, just wondering if I was to do another book, would you be interested on the off chance? So I've actually been working on this book with him since March. I'm almost sick of Santa Claus, but who could ever be possibly (laughs) sick of Santa Claus? But I've been sketching and proofing and fine tuning the story since then. So Christmas, although it's come upon us very quickly and, and we're on the slippery slope now, it's happened since March for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, the book, and I'll come on to this in a moment, I love books. The touchy-feely that you have them as well. And I know people enjoy reading them on their uh, phones, etc. now. Yeah. And, of course, you have books, which is another aspect to it also. But you've brought in an online element to Town, So you're moving along.
6: I'm moving along, yes. We have a very interactive website and we've got lots and lots of games, colouring. Great for the um eye-hand coordination because you can actually colour on the website or you can print off the page to colour physically and I think that children, listen, it's a fact of life children, little ones are going to be on devices and screens and everything And um, so the idea is that you're, if they're going to be using the devices anyway why not have the have it linked to an educational book now it's not an educational book but books are an education in themselves yes. and I find a lot of the time The children sometimes would try to scroll a book, a physical book, when I do story times in libraries and things like that. And I think it's good to have that technical element to it insofar as that they can go online and they can choose their favourite character, colour them in, do jigsaws and everything. But also to bring it back to the physical book because we never want to lose the actual physical books where you can turn the page, you can smell the pages almost, you know. And it's such, it would be awful if that. If it came to the fact that we just had It
1: never, devices. never, never, never will happen. I assure you, I have lots more to talk about. Let's take a short break on Late Lunch. He's staying with us. The name of the book, the new one, it's a must for this year. It's called The Adventure of Santa Claus and the Magic Truck Dust Vroomtown. It's simply brilliant. As you've gathered, one of my favourite guests of all time is with me on Late Lunch <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) today, the wonderful Emer Conlon, Roomtown creator. And she's here because book number five is out there. The Adventure of Santa Claus and the Magic Truck Dust. Now, here's the thing. We were talking about the touchy-feely of the book. You do schools and libraries as well. Yes. Tell me about that. What does that mean to an author to be there with her book amongst her adoring public?
6: Oh, I love it. Adoring is the word. Um, yes, it is. That's why you write a book. You actually. Well, that's why I write a book, to get the reaction of the children that are in front of you. And believe me, when you're standing in front of possibly an audience of 40, maybe five to six, seven-year-olds, it can be a little bit daunting because they've no filter. They will say it as it is. They will comment. They will pick up on things. I was once asked, um, why did the trucks not have noses? which is obviously a good question. They have a mouth and they have eyes. And so I came up with something like, oh, they well, they don't need noses. Why would they need noses? And if you say it with confidence, they say, oh, yeah, I suppose so. And that's it. That's the end of it. But to see the reaction when I turn around each of the characters, because I've large car- cardboard cutouts of them and in- introduce them. And then they develop an affinity with one or two of them. And at the end of the story time, I always ask, which is your favourite? And they are then repeating back the characters that I thought up of in my room in my little house, uh, well, seven years ago, and um, they have decided, well, I like Sparkle because she is pink, or I like Buddy Dozer because he's very strong, and various things like that. And then they have a favourite part of the story, and it's just so wonderful, humbling, and it's amazing to see the reaction. It's just terrific.
1: And also, as an author, when you walk into a shop and you see, and you will see, of course, the Adventure of Santa Claus on the shelf.
6: That, I, I take pictures of my books <laughs> on the shelves still. It's it's amazing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And of course, if one it happens to be hidden behind another book, they're obviously always put to the fore and, uh, and on the very uh, eye level shelf as well. But um, no, that that just gives me a buzz. And I don't think I'll ever lose that sense of excitement, childlike excitement. And I go in, I go, there I am.
1: Great. <laughs> I was just thinking, don't you have the best of both worlds are all worlds in that you are still with McIlvaney Motors. Yes, indeed. As the marketing yeah. manager there. Yeah. Of course, the concept for this surely was born, you know, through your work as well. Yeah. And here you are as well. Most successful children's author.
6: I know it's really it's terrific, and it's great that both worlds meet. Well, there's a there's a very common ground, obviously, as you mentioned, in them, and therefore it just gives an extra insight. And people are interested in the backstory then um, for how I became involved in this. So it's a great mix of the two worlds for me. It's terrific, yeah.
1: And how did that happen? Remind me again. Was this by accident or choice?
6: It was really by accident. I always enjoyed writing when I was at school just a couple of years ago, Jerry, <laughs> And um, I, I had a, an interest in the English language and puns and different things like that. So it was actually just, it happened to come about because looking out the windows, I said, you would see the children coming in of our customers and they're in awe of the size of the trucks, the noise of the trucks, etc., And I just thought to my little self, there are no books about trucks with a story to them. And I think I'll just have a little go. And honestly, it was that night or a couple of nights later and I wrote a story. And then the big bad world of publishing, of marketing, of story writing and everything just opened itself up. To me then, and I pursued that, and even getting like the size of the book, the text, the ISBN. Where do you get an ISBN number? So it was a journey, but here we are with well, seven years, Jerry. Later, mm. so and yeah. there's
1: lots more to come, as you told us there lots a moment more. ago as well. Now we have copies of the book to give away. Uh, will you sign them? Yeah. I
6: would be delighted, thrilled to sign <laughs> These them.
1: These be collector's items. I, I, I can assure you <laughs> Oh, that. a fiver
6: on eBay. I'm only joking. <laughs> no I mean, you should say 500 way. on eBay.
1: <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I want to make this as difficult as possible. The subject of the new book is a man with a big white beard and a red outfit and he lives in the <laughs> North Pole. If you can figure this out in your head, who he is... That's the answer I'm looking for. (laughs) Who is that man, the subject of this new book? Have you been listening? This book would be beautiful. As Ema said, two to seven, four to eight, in that age range. Have you someone in your home? Have you a grandchild? Have you a child? They love this, I promise you. So send the answer. Who is that man? Red, white beard, red outfit, North Pole. What's his name? To 86 1800 658 with your name and details, WhatsApp or text us now, and we'll organise that before the end of the show. So we may see another one in 2020? Yes, I'm thinking yes.
6: Possibly for World Book Day, but I can't say anymore.
1: Okay, well, keep that, <laughs> and you'll come back to me then. I definitely would be delighted I will. To. The door is always open for oh, you.
6: Thank you, Jerry. Emer
1: Conlon, congratulations again on another success.
6: And can I just take an opportunity to, to congratulate you on your nomination in the Emeralds just oh, before thanks. I go?
1: Thanks so much. Friday night, we're all looking forward to it. Oh, we're on the, we're on the bus. But it's Friday night. The MFM <laughs> four nominations. Amazing. We can't wait. Anyway, Emer, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. I just love surprises. And what a surprise I got. Do you hear laughing there in the background? I was supposed to be talking to her by phone today and I nearly collapsed when I went out I, to get Emma Conlon. I said, is that you, Mary? <laughs> Mary
7: you're welcome back to late lunch. It's great to be here again. I have to laugh, Tommy. My me, me manager had a meeting, so I decided I'd come with her because we're heading to Carlow to the big top tonight. So that's why we decided we'd drop in and see you personally.
1: You have the funniest sat-nav <laughs> I've ever heard of. Up to draw her to, to go to Carlo. Now, Mary, I'm yes. scratching my head here. But anyway, you are at the big top in Carlo tonight. Foster and Alan, Declan, Nerny, the Celtic Brothers and yourself. That's going to be some show tonight. It's going to be fantastic. It's a great, great musical. Play. I mean, you know,
7: just listen to the Celtic Brothers, which were, used to be the Willoughby Brothers. Yes. And then you have Declan, Nerny, and of course, the wonderful... Foster and Ellen. are some boys, aren't they? They are.
1: I had them here one day. Well, you know what? The tears run down my face with the lad. They're uh, just a pair of characters. They really you know are. what?
7: My father loved them all his life and he kind of got all of us into them and I've got tapes. Now, tapes. You remember the old tapes? I have them at home of Foster and Ellen.
1: I'm sure there's a lot of people treasure those, you know, because and and like the tape. You might come back. You never know. You know the way these things have a funny way of reappearing again. The records are back. You never know what the tape's. Anyway. Yes. You're here with me today to catch up. There is so much going on in Mary Barnes' life. (laughs) I want to mention one thing in case I forget it, because last week we had a wonderful competition here on the show. Show tours, the big weekend in October down in Tralee. James Cafferty, the the man behind that there. Are you looking forward to that big weekend? I really am. Because you know what, as a as a kid, we used to go down and camp in
7: Balibunyan, and uh, Tralee always had a, a special part for me. So going back and actually going back to do what I love doing is going to be such a bonus to me and I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Showtours.ie, you'll get all the information there. May I say how wonderful you are looking?
7: Ah, now you're chatting me up. Now give it
1: over. Don't, don't, <laughs> Mary, don't tell them. <laughs> no, but thank you very you much. Are, no, you are. No, seriously, you're looking amazing. And this, for you, the hair has changed? Yes, blonde and short. I I, I don't want to be uh, insulting it, you, but you've shed a few pounds. I've shed six
7: stone. Six stone and all thanks to Operation Transformation. And I'm sorry I will plug that show until the day I die because it gave me the tools to literally sit down, look at my life, not diet, but
1: eat healthy, get up off my backside and go for a walk and go for a swim. And this woman is lost like twenty seventeen. So, you know, you're not that long that's a lot of weight to lose in the time we're talking about.
7: Yeah, but I think what happened was, you know, once I got started and once I, once my body felt me moving, it said to itself, here, listen, sick carrying these two people around and, you know, so let's get rid of half of her anyway and just keep the other the other one on there. Oh. I've still another two stone to go yes. to get rid of one woman.
1: Okay I'm sick of her. <laughs>
7: She's, <laughs> She's still hanging on.
1: She'll only be half the woman she used to be. I hasn't affected the voice, I can tell you or anything like that. But look, at you you sprung to prominence going back 2010, X Factor, of course. Is there a little rumour that you may be involved with X Factor again?
7: Yes, we're waiting, hopefully, for contracts to come over because they have contacted us and asked us would we go back onto the All-Star show, which is kind of, I suppose, people that they thought were very popular at the time and they want to do this whole, I think it's 10 days of us all competing against each other. And I'm just hoping and praying that that contract comes true because, What a way to start off again to get your platform back over in the UK. And, of course, this time to be able to go in and know that I have the backing of the Irish. Because when I was there the last time, you you weren't thinking like that. It was only when I came home and I realised how many people in Ireland, God love them, they couldn't even vote half of them. But they were behind me on their armchairs and they were wishing me well and praying for me. This time when I go over... I know they're going to be there. And that's going to give me a huge boost of confidence.
1: You know how we love our own. And when oh. you're, you're up there representing us, so there's only one way to be right behind you. Tell me about your uh, theatrical exploits. Oh, God. Dirty dusting. Now, hold on, Mary. Look, at the time, it's only after a quarter past three in the afternoon. I know, I know, I know, I know. Three pensioner cleaners <sighs> facing the axe.
7: Yes. And they start a raunchy phone line-up. It's called
1: the telephone bells.
7: The telephone bells, is and what it's not we are.
1: the Samaritans. In no. case you are thinking it's <laughs> something like that,
7: it's it's it, listen, listen. This is so so much outside my comfort zone because I had to. I'm still learning it. Um, a whole eighty four pages of dialogue. Now I'm not an actress as such. You know, I'm going, I'm stepping into the to a new realm, as, as they would say, and I'm getting there. And I'm actually enjoying it. It's scary i'm I'm nervous and i and i'm happy and I don't know what way to be half the time and when we're doing rehearsals the other two women that are with me i mean one of them Linda McCarty's her name she is an absolute hoot she will just have you rolling in the aisles and then you've got uh, nicole Bar- banham who you know is it is a she does a bit of acting every day, but she's she's the straight-laced one. And of course, me, I'm Elsie. And Elsie, you know, is supposed to be one of these women who's had it all, but really, she's just all mouth. <laughs> but it's a great bit of crack. <laughs>
1: and it's been mightily successful when it's come to Ireland it's been huge in Ireland and it's huge in the UK yes, at the
7: moment yeah. so we're hoping like this is our first little tour and now we're hoping after Christmas as well if this one works out we're bringing it back again in February but it really is great and it's sold out in some of the places and I'm like mm. that shocks me It shocked me because I'm saying to myself, oh my God, I better be good on this or the women will kill me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's good and she can talk the talk on this as well. She won't give you her number though. I can promise you that. you won't be ringing her. Here's the other thing. You have have pantomime sorted for this year as well. And I know you love it. Tell them what you're doing this time around.
7: This time I'm in Longford and I'm playing. It's Cinderella and I am the fairy godmother. Oh, terrific. And I've got a good little part in this where I I do a little bit more talking than I do normally in the the ones I didn't. Dublin I'm a bit nervous about it because I don't have I mean I'm very good friends with Alan Ewers and Carl and I always had them as a kind of a catch me the blanket was there this is not this is Mary going out on her own and I'm really looking forward to it I'm nervous but I just think it's going to be great because I've been down in Longford a few times and I was down there during the year we were with uh, Ray Darcy and the people down there are just dying for it,
1: and I'm really looking. They are. They've it. a lovely venue down there, and they are pantomime fans. Yes. And you're gonna just really entertain them. It's on all over the the, the holiday time. It is. Isn't? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As well. Um, there's so much going on, you Because I, know. I don't know where to begin or end. This uh, RDS thing that's happening on the 18th and 19th of October. Flexi sec, Is it? Yeah. Lexi
7: is a gel that um, I was approached to use for my arthritis in my knees. And I looked at them as if they'd 10 heads because there's no drugs in it. It's it's plant-based. And I don't know the, the technical sides to it, but I said, right, I'll use it, I'll try it. And I had just been using it just before the operation transformation. And it was after about three or four weeks I found a huge difference in being able to get up and move around a bit more. So it for me... I had to try it before I would even consider you know recommending it to anybody
1: and it's part of this Senior Times exhibition that's happening there yeah you and know, I,
7: listen it just be great down there a lot of the look they're all around my age now I'm, yeah. I'm 60 now in two, in two weeks time and these are all my type of people and they come in and we have a yap we may even have a sing song you know and I'll Talks about the flexi-sec and we'll rub a few knees if we have to. We'll have the crack.
1: It's a great place to be. <sighs> Not alone will she talk to you funny on the phone, she'll rub your knees for you.
7: I did that down in the <laughs> the ploughing champion I offer the farmers that I would wipe that, w- rub their knees but
1: you, you know you won't get a better offer <laughs> on any radio station in Ireland this afternoon I promise you listen to this uh, Marie's been on to say will you say hi to Mary Jerry? I love this lady Aww. I met her in the yard hotel, hotel many moons ago she's the most beautiful person and thank you LMFM for always playing her songs for me when she was on X Factor there you are that's Aww. Marie with a little message thank for you thank you very this much this afternoon. I do want to mention that I, I'm remiss of me Dirty Dusting is on at the 3rd of November in Rathoth
7: yes and it's my 60th birthday that night so it's going to be a big one
1: <laughs> and here was I going to ask you you're doing nothing special for your birthday that's it I'm she's working she's going to be on stage in Rathoth for her birthday on the 3rd of November and, and is not far away that's the 8th of November there as well then you go to Cork 10th is Cavan Liberty Hall on the 16th so she's all over the place Ash, look at me I am all over the place <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're travelling the to Car- Carlo and your head for God. Ah, stop uh, uh, no, leave that be. Um, rubbing anyway, us in, rubbing r- it in. Rubbing it in. The is. That's extra special. Reto your birthday night. Yeah. And another lo- local link I want to mention because you're busy in the North East yes. is the Country Club which is starting next Monday and every Monday at the Ardboyne Hotel in Navin. The first night, the seventh, Robert Mazzella Ah, there. you know, see
7: Robert, he is just
1: fine. Michael English, Declan Ernie, Jimmy Buckley, Matthew O'Donnell, they're all there right through October and into November and you're there.
7: I am going to be there and I could even be singing in the bar afterwards but I'm going to be strutting me <laughs> stuff. I mean, it was through country dancing that I, Lost my virginity in dancing. Oh. Got that right? Now you see, you get the the end bit? (laughs) I got, somebody asked me up to dance at one of Cathy's uh, shows and I danced and I remember looking over and going, I can't do this. And then I had to try and remember my dad when he taught
1: me how to waltz. But I did it and I got the bug for it. Tell me this. Have you got the call to take part in Dancing with the Stars?
7: I'd love to. If my legs would let me, I've arthritis is the and bone knees Yeah, mm. and but that I
1: would might love to. be the thing that would stop. The only thing that would stop you. It from It would doing be the only you. thing
7: that would stop me. I mean, I can swing my hips with the best of them. <laughs> Believe you me, I can swing my hips with the best. <laughs> of them. And yes, I would love to do it, but mm. I think you know it's know. very physical.
1: I know it is. It I is. mean,
7: hats off to the girls and boys who do that. Mm. It's outstanding.
1: It is. You know, it's just it's a talent. Yeah. I think a real, real yeah. true talent. Come back to the birthday because it is a significant oh, 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 oh. one. Like besides having to work that night, have you something planned? Is there a bash? What's happening? No, I, I
7: suppose we're going to have a, probably a bit of a cake and a few drinks after the show because then we're off the next day. So that's the only reason. But that's really it. I mean, I'm going to I'm going away now in October for Me Sixed with my friend. So that's right. what I'm doing. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Well, enjoy that.
1: I will. You know when. I look at you and look at what we've touched on here today, which is part of it. Do you pinch yourself at times? You know, you know what X Factor led to for you? Listen, you know, as I said, X factor, a lot of people say to me, was it Was it bad? Was it good? What
7: do you think? Would you do it again? I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was, it lifted and opened every door for me and gave me the huge platform that I needed. I will always be thankful to Simon Cowell for taking a chance on it of a woman of 50 years of age and giving it that an opportunity. And then Louis was there all the time pushing me on and and backing me up so I think it was the best thing I ever did. I mean, at this point in time, would I be sitting talking to you now if I hadn't done it? No, I'd be still on me till,
1: <laughs> and I'd be singing to meet me customers. Mary, so. will you come back to Tesco's, or I've been paying me arse with the self service thing there. Going, I through. don't think it's they should have them. that I don't think no, they should have
7: them. I love the human touch is gone.
1: I love having a chat. If you were the, Mary, I'd never leave the store. Well, so. let
7: me tell you what I said. I seen something on uh, Facebook today, and it says your woman's walking along with a trolley, and your man says. You can use yourself, self say She says, I don't work here. And she walks off the trolley. I just thought that was excellent. Yeah. Why should she have to do her own stuff when she's coming? Let the, let the young
1: ladies and men have a job and do it for them. They don't want people. They don't want humans interacting with other humans in banks it's and not right. supermarkets and everything. Where the hell are we going? It's Bring not right. back the personal touch. That's yes. what I say today. Well, look, just to remind them again, the big weekend is in Tralee, October. Showtours.ie if you want to find out more about that. Dirty Dusting, you'll find her <laughs> all around the place. Ritolt, I'm saying it again, the 3rd of November, you can't miss it. And the Art Boyne, starting next Monday. The seventh with Robert Mazel. Do you know something? That lady Marie. I'm with you, Marie, on this one. Isn't she just the nicest? I love she you, Marie. She really is. <laughs> thank you for joining me on the thank show. You Wish you me. well with everything. And please, God, those X Factor people, are you listening? Sign them. And get listen, them contracts over. I'll be back with my country album to you. God bless you. Woohoo! Mary barn thank you so thank much. You, That's a lot in Late lunch. See you tomorrow. Have fun.
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. You don't have to break the bank to buy quality. The Renault Selection Used Car Event is on from the 1st until the 5th of October with special APR offers, 2 years warranty, and 2 years roadside assistance on all quality used cars. T's and C's apply. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze,